Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills, 96.7 FM. 580 AM or streaming live at WKTYsports.com. However you're listening, wherever you're listening. Thanks for making the show part of your Thursday. Starting to draw a close on the week. And thankfully, I'm not going to lie. Tough two games for the Brewers. And I was in a horrible mood last night. I was was actually here for the game. And uh, it was an afternoon game, thankfully, because that, uh, what was that, 13-inning affair on Tuesday night uh, just... Well, whatever. We don't need to talk about that. Luckily, we got to bed a little bit earlier last night. I was here for the game. I went over and, and did my thing over on Z93 after the game, so it was a relatively normal night. The Bucks had uh, had a 20-plus point lead on the uh, on the Hornets for their season opener and were looking great, and then they almost ended up blowing the game. Ended up winning by one as Kemba Walker scored damn near 50 last night. I was in a horrible mood. Suffice to say, last night, I was in a horrible mood. I said, how am I going to do a show tomorrow? It's going to be a mix of just depression and and anger, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to sound like an angry guy without a direction. And, and thankfully, over the course of a little less than 24 hours, I have, I've mellowed out. And I'm, I'm in a great mood today. I got, I got here to work today at about, at about four o'clock, about an hour ago. And one of our sales reps, God bless them, uh, brought in some barbecue, uh, from one of the local businesses. So I filled up on coleslaw and chicken and baked beans, and I'm about ready to pop. And I got barbecue sauce about ready to come out my ears here in the studio. So I'm, I'm living life. I'm loving it right now. Uh, not loving life, though, are the Brewers. They lose two in a row. They, they won two of the first three of the NLCS, but then they go on to lose three of five, and they are currently sitting down two games to three to the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. Now, good news for the Brewers. They get an off day today, so no Brewer game today, and they get back at it tomorrow back in Milwaukee where the fans are actually passionate and living and dying for every pitch because we're not used to this. We don't expect this. We're not privileged babies like they are out in L.A. buying tickets for $22. By the way, did some of you see ticket prices for games in Los Angeles were absurd? And you know what's funny is California, everything's known for being expensive, right? You know, housing, taxes, food, everything's supposed to be expensive out there. There were, ga- there were tickets yesterday for $22. And the Dodgers were saying that was because Clayton Kershaw was on the mound. I believe Clayton Kershaw is number 22. Let me check that really quick. I, I saw that news story, and I just assumed that's why. Let me check. I have this really bad habit of of going into a take and going into a topic. Yes, he is number 22, and not having all my details ready. $22 tickets yesterday at Dodger Stadium. Isn't that pathetic? Why should this team get to go to the World Series? They don't appreciate it. Jeez. Well, anyways, the Brewers didn't score any runs yesterday. They lose 5-2. to two. The second run coming on just a latch, last-ditch effort. Finally, something broke through at the plate. It was off a Curtis Granderson hit, and then a Jesus Aguilar hits him in with two outs in the ninth. That was it for the scoring. The other run coming by way of a Lorenzo Kane double early on in the game. But yesterday, the main story of the game, and it shouldn't be, it absolutely shouldn't be the main story of the game, but it is, was Wade Miley, the starter, the quote-unquote starter, coming in facing one batter and then being relieved by Brandon Woodruff. Now, I was scared yesterday when I was watching the game because I was actually listening to the radio broadcast. Euchre saying maybe Miley came down awkward and Council's going to come out. And he said, well, and Miley's done. He's coming to the bench. And I thought, oh, my goodness, if Miley gets hurt. And, I, and right, I'm thinking of another Gio Gonzalez situation because that's what happened to Gio on, on Tuesday night. 
he he leaves with an injury. They're down another arm in their rotation. Now the Brewers replaced him with Zach Davies. So now for the rest of the postseason, Gio Gonzalez's season is over just by by way of the rule. And I was worried that was going to happen to Wade Miley. And, and luckily, it turns out that this was the plan all along. We'll hear from Craig Council coming up in the next the next segment. Hear from his reasoning and his logic about uh, why exactly he made that choice yesterday. We'll hear from that. Uh, hear from Craig and his words after the game. So that was that, that was the story, of course, from the national media, from Buck and Smoltz, and the postgame show. You know, what is what is Craig Council doing with baseball? Well, to be completely honest, it worked. Brandon Woodruff goes five and a third, gives up three earned runs. Now, two of those runs, I think, just came to a point where, well, let's leave him in. The Brewers aren't hitting the ball. Let's not burn our bullpen. Let's get back to Milwaukee. Brandon Woodruff pitched brilliantly eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts in five and a third innings and only one walk. He pitched really well. So if anyone's criticizing Craig Council today, I don't really understand it. I mean, in the sphere of that move, at least, I don't understand it. Pitching worked out pretty well yesterday. Now, as the game went on, I think Craig Council just started to say, we'll take our we'll take our lumps today, let's get back to Milwaukee, and let's try to put together two wins to close this thing out. But Craig Council's strategy yesterday, starting Wade Miley for a hitter, and then bringing in Brandon Woodruff, interesting. But the real story from yesterday should be the fact that their offense just didn't get it done. Uh, yesterday, the Brewers combining for five hits, two of which came in the ninth and don't mean a damn thing in my mind. So let's call it three hits, three meaningful hits uh, strung together by the Brewers. Only, uh, oh, well, it actually doesn't say, by Clayton Kershaw gave up the one run the Brewers scored before the ninth inning. Clayton Kershaw was nails yesterday. But to be completely honest, I'm just not impressed by the Brewers at the plate right now. And I don't really understand it. They got a lineup of, of guys who are known for hitting the ball. They have a lot of good players in that lineup. And you can't really make the argument that the that the stage is too bright, that the crowds are too big, because Kane's been here before, Braun's been here before, Curtis Granderson's been here before, Moustakas has been here before, and as I look down the Brewers' lineup, let's let's count out loud. One, two, three, four guys. Travis Shaw's played in meaningful baseball games before. That's four guys on this roster, four out of nine, who have played in World Series baseball. That's That's more than I think you could ask for. I think some rosters say if we can get one of those guys on a postseason roster, that'd be great. The Brewers have four, four guys who played in World Series, all of which got at-bats yesterday. And that doesn't seem to uh, to be the issue for the offense. It must not be the stage is too big. I don't know if it's the approach at the plate or what it is. We're going to get into it all coming up. I also want to talk about and look ahead towards games six and possibly seven should the Brewers get a win tomorrow. Do you make roster changes? Or not, not roster changes, but do you tweak the starting lineup? It's tough. I, I think this Brewers lineup is pretty much set in stone, but maybe Council thinks about tweaking a thing or two. I would tend to doubt it, but I want to have that discussion with you all as well. If at any point you want to chime in, 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter or the program, the station on Twitter as well. You can tweet at me at Keystroker Grant, or you can tweet at the station at WKTY, or both. Either way, we're going to talk about it on the air. And uh, and I just want to have a discussion today. As, as finally, it feels like after three straight games, uh, only two of only one of which went well. Us as Brewers fans can kind of sit down and say, we can take a deep breath, we can kind of decompress, and we can look back at the games that have passed and 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 think strategy, talk strategy a little bit, and just have a chance to relax. To be completely honest, playoff baseball is stressful, isn't it? Not something that I'm used to. <laughs> Not something that Brewers fans are used to at all. Uh, and it's a, it's a skill that I I hope to. Uh, to hone and to get better at over the next couple of years. And uh, and I don't want this going anywhere this year. The Brewers, uh, Game 6 will be held tomorrow, and Game 7, if necessary, will shortly follow. I'll update you on the full schedule of events coming up here on the program as well. You can always, if you're, if you're wondering when the Brewers are playing and where they're going to be on, uh, you want to hear Uke and Jeff and, and uh, 
Lane Grindle and the rest of the Brewers broadcast team. All of that is always found at WKTYsports.com. Always. And you can always and should always find it right there. Go take a look. And we'll talk about that coming up later on in the show as well. I want to make sure everyone's in the same position. We're all in the loop. We're all good to go for the rest of this series as we approach the weekend. As my show wraps up for the week and, and we start to look towards uh, the weekend events, including some playoff football. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So we'll talk about that as well. 608-796-2558. A lot of Brewers talk today as the Packers are on by. And, well, to be completely honest, the Badgers just don't, uh, I don't think they're worthy of our attention and our discussion today, given the fact that the Brewers are in the playoffs and vying for their first World Series berth since 1982. So we'll talk about that coming up. How can the Brewers get the bats going? What's going on? Pitching's been great. And I'll run down some specific numbers. This series is deadlocked. In terms of some statistics and some numbers, we'll talk about it all coming up. What would you do? Are we going to tweak the rosters? We're going to get into it all, and I'm so excited to discuss it with you today here on the Wisco Sports Show. With me, your host, Grant Bills, you're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. We're talking Brewers today. Frustrating couple of days for fans of the Brew Crew, they are falling behind and have fallen behind, I should say, two games to three behind the Los Angeles Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. And pitching has not been the problem, folks. I understand Craig Council pulled his so-called starter and, and did something who, you know, some people consider it to be gimmicky. I, I don't I don't consider what Craig Council did yesterday to be gimmicky. It's not gimmicky. It, it was a little bit of a mix-up. I think it was being creative with the resources that he had. And Craig said, look, if, if we fell down three to one, three games to one, and we were facing elimination yesterday, he said, well, Wade Miley probably would have gone on short rest. But because they had some games to play with, knowing that they're coming back to Milwaukee, they had that uh, flexibility to experiment a little bit. And it worked out well. Brandon Woodruff pitched admirably, uh, actually better than admirably. I think they got everything and more they could have asked out of Brandon Woodruff yesterday. Craig Council spoke to the media after the game about uh, about his strategy and about his idea of starting with Wade Miley but pulling him after only one batter to give way to Brandon Woodruff. Hey, Craig, why the subterfuge? Why not just put Woodruff out to pitch the game? And Okay, first, <laughs> I was going to let this roll. First of all, who is this reporter and why do you... Subterfuge? Is, are you just trying to show everyone how smart you are? Just, just ask... I'm sorry. I just, I'll let it play. Let's ask Craig about the subterfuge of starting Wade Miley. Hey, Craig, why the subterfuge? Why not just put Woodruff out to pitch the game and prepare Miley for game six? Um, I don't know what subterfuge means. <laughs> well, you're smart enough to know what subterfuge means. Um, can you explain it to me? A sleight of hand. A sleight of hand. Um, well, look, you know, um, we're trying, they're trying to get matchups. We're trying to get matchups. They're, they're a very tough team to get matchups against. Yeah. And um, we, we were able to get Woody some matchups. Pretty simple concept, just a little bit of a uh, little bit of creativity. And I don't know who that reporter is. You, you, nobody thinks you're cooler for using larger words and questions. Just, just ask your question. Get up to the microphone. Ask your question. The, the 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 focus should not be on how you ask your question or the wording that you use, but what Craig Council says. I just I saw that. I was like, really? Subterfuge. 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 Come on, Craig. You're smart enough to know what that means. Subterfuge. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. I'm over it. It's just trying to get matchups. Just trying to get Brandon Woodruff some matchups. And look, I don't care what people on Fox say because, truth be told, they don't really know. 
This is the first time that most of them have watched. Actually, this might be the first time Joe Buck has watched the Brewers all year. And that's not necessarily a hate on Joe Buck. I'm not saying he's a bad person for that. I'm not saying he's a lazy broadcaster for that. But the Brewers aren't necessarily on many national games. And the national games that they are on, probably on Fox Sports 1 or ESPN, they're probably not primetime afternoon games on Fox because Fox doesn't have that many primetime games. FS1 and Fox are different, by the way. Different different stations. FS1 is a cable station. Fox is network, so a little bit different. But yesterday, look, they don't know much about Brandon Woodruff. They might think it's gimmicky. They might think, well, the Brewers are doing a bullpen day. Essentially, Brandon Woodruff, to me, and I'm sure to you Brewers fans as well, I consider him to be another starting arm. He's a pitcher who started games in the minor leagues. He started for the Brewers in the majors before. He's shown the ability to go distances longer than two or three innings. He's a starting pitcher in my eyes who has been placed in the bullpen, I think, to give the Brewers a little bit more flexibility or subterfuge, if you will, uh, in the way that they use him. Subterfuge. Yeah, I, I consider him to be a starting pitcher. Now, he's coming out of the bullpen because the Brewers can use him more flexibly and differently if, in, if they were to just, you know, separate him into the starting rotation. But whatever was said on Fox or whatever was said by national media about Craig Council's decision to bring in Brandon Woodruff after the fact, just don't, just ignore it. They do, they do not know. They don't know. Brewers fans, you have watched this team all year. You've watched them every day. You've listened to the pregame and the postgame show. You watch Fox Sports Wisconsin and watch Brewers Live. And you listen to Dave and Scrady and Bill Michaels. Every one of those people knows more about the ins and outs and daily ops of Craig Council and his team than the people on Fox do. So yesterday, when they're calling it a gimmick, when they're calling it, you know, uh, uh, an act of desperation, it's not. It was just trying to get matchups. And you heard it right from the mouth of Craig Council. That was the plan all along, just trying to get Brandon Woodruff some matchups. And he pitched incredibly well on the road in a very important game. I think you got everything you could have asked. Now, the offense was a different story. Uh, I believe I had it up. Uh, let's check one more time here to make sure I have it accurate. I believe they had five hits yesterday, most of those coming uh, late in the game. And were unmeaningful. They had a couple hits, five hits. Two of those came in the uh, in the ninth inning. It was just uh, offensively, it was just a miserable performance. That's all we got. One damn hit. Yeah, that that actually sums it up pretty well. That's all we got. You're kidding me, Brewers. One run yesterday, or two runs essentially. One was in garbage time, uh, if there's such a thing, and then one run in 13 innings on Tuesday night. That that's what you're going to put forward. That's all you're going to get. That's all we got. One damn hit. Yeah, it's. A frustrating couple of games. And when you look at the numbers, I, I guess it starts to fall into place. Postseason has not been le- uh, kind to a couple of players. Jesus Aguilar batting 222 in the postseason. Ryan Braun batting 238. He didn't have the best NLDS. His NLCS has been slightly better. Lorenzo Cain hitting 250. He took the collar and went 0 for 6 on Tuesday night's game. He was awful. Uh, Curtis Granderson actually hitting 333 in limited at bats. Uh, <laughs> Just looking at a couple numbers that jump out. Christian Yelich hitting 150 in the postseason. Now, that being said, he has four walks, and and they have done a good job to pitch around him, but Christian Yelich also has five strikeouts, hitting 150, and an on-base percentage of only of just over 290. I mean, he, he has not been good, and I don't know if that's fatigue. I don't know if it's pitchers just finally starting to key in and figure him out or what it is, but this Brewers offense has been awful. There's no, there's no other way around it. And Craig Council made mention of that in his postseason or his postgame press conference yesterday. That's all we got. One damn hit. I think that wraps it up pretty well. I don't know if there's anything else that need needs to be said. Definitely don't need to talk about a subterfuge. Definitely don't need to throw that onto the that onto the plate. Yeah, I the Brewers' offense continues to be a mystery for me, and that's why coming up next on the show, and we do have a couple of minutes to get to it. I do want to talk 
Would you make changes to the Brewers lineup? I think that's my number one concern. You're obviously not going to change the roster. Keon Broxton and Eric Thames, I think, are going to stay right where they are. But that being said, do, do you mix up this order? It was pretty standard throughout the, the NLDS and then into the NLCS. Now, Craig Council mixed a couple of things up. 608-796-2558. I want to talk about that coming up next. Would you make changes to the Brewers lineup? Uh, would you reorder things? Would you maybe give somebody a day off? I have been perplexed so far in this series, especially in the last handful of games, by Craig Council's usage of Travis Shaw. Now, Travis Shaw, look, if you know me personally, and and I haven't talked about this on air, so you probably haven't heard this take before, but if you know me personally and know how I view this Brewers team, I'm actually not a huge Travis Shaw fan. I think the Brewers, over the course of the trade deadline, picked up better pieces, Mike Moustakis included. Now, lucky for Travis Shaw, John in the scope, has been able to hit the broadside of a barn with the exception of one grand slam, which was, and I give him credit, one of the most exciting Brewers moments, especially exciting regular season moments of this Brewers season. But luckily for Travis Shaw, Jonathan Scope hasn't worked out in the way that I think the Brewers and David Stearns thought when they brought him over. So Travis Shaw has had playing time. Now, he's been one of the few bats who has actually put the bat on the ball pretty well throughout the postseason. Now, the last couple of games, he has found himself out of the lineup, including on Tuesday night's game in a 13-inning game. You would think that Craig Council would utilize some double switches, would try to get guys out of there, especially seeing that Jesus Aguilar, both in the Rockies series and the opening couple of innings and games in the NLCS, Jesus Aguilar has been playing the full game. He's been getting an at-bat or two, and then he's being swapped out for Aaron Perez or Travis Shaw or what have you. He has been playing full games. Well, that has changed, and the more that he has played and the more at-bats that he has added up over the last couple of games, the worse he has hit. And Travis Shaw, who's been one of the warmer bats, I'm not necessarily going to call him hot, remains sitting on the bench. I cannot imagine Travis Shaw is thrilled with the fact that he's been subjugated to the bench the last couple of games. And Tuesday night, if he comes in on a double switch, it's a different story. You don't like the you don't like the matchup, that's fine. We'll find a way to get you into the game and utilize your bat because you've been hitting the ball well and we want to reward you for that. That should be the, the approach to Travis Shaw, right? Something that I've lauded Craig Council for on this program and, and you as listeners through the phones and the texts and the tweets have as well is his ability to utilize his best players, and get the most out of them possible. Well, Travis Shaw, I think right now, had been one of your best players early on in the NLCS, including a triple and a couple other big hits, just putting the bat on the ball. He hasn't been as strikeout-prone as he was earlier on in the year, and, you know, to be honest, not as strikeout-prone as Jesus Aguilar or Lorenzo Cain. Now, Lorenzo Cain, due to his his experience, and just, uh, well, he's Lorenzo Cain, he's going to be in the lineup. Jesus Aguilar is a little bit of a different story. And, and I think Travis Shaw might start to find his way into the roster in the lineup. Excuse me, not the roster, a little bit. I, I was disappointed. And I know some people said, well, Grant, you got to look at the matchups, right? Facing a couple really good lefties, including Clayton Kershaw yesterday. So you got to play the matchups. Well, yes and no. you got to take a couple of things into effect when you think about matchups. Well, number one, you want to talk matchups. Jonathan Scope as a matchup is, is horrible all around. He got, what, one at bat in the National League Divisional Series and didn't play through the first couple of games. And all of a sudden, he's starting. Now, I think that's a, a reasonable risk and a and a and probably a good risk to take if you're Craig Council. Maybe for a game, you can catch lightning in a bottle. And now all of a sudden, if Jonathan Scope gets a couple hits, has a meaningful game, he is even more valuable down the stretch because he builds confidence and builds some, some excitement about being back on the field. But I think that was a risk and that was a decision that Craig Council chose to ride out a little too long. He, he went 0 for 3 in that game and, and Travis Shaw barely saw the field. That's That's where I have an issue with it. If you want to take a risk, if you want to experiment a little bit, that's fine. But don't do so at the expense of your sure thing. And the sure thing right now, I believe, is Travis Shaw. He's looked, I think, as best or as good as he has right now in the last couple of games. 
as he had all season for this Milwaukee Brewers team. And that's what's frustrating. Going back to matchups, people say, well, Grant, Travis Shaw isn't exactly a great matchup against some of the left-handed starters. That's true. I'm not denying that. The problem is Craig Council hasn't exactly been Mr. Matchup. He likes to get his best players on the field, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter, regardless of matchup. If he likes what that player is offering, if he likes what that player is bringing to the plate, literally, then I think he looks over those matchups. And he said that before. He said as such in press conferences. And it appears to me that in the last couple of games and throughout this playoff series that he's held Travis Shaw, to some reason, to a different standard. I don't know why. Now, it it hasn't been a secret that at some point in Travis Shaw's career, he has not been able to hit left-handed pitchers very well. (laughs) But Travis Shaw, who's been hitting the ball well of late, I think I want him playing second base over Jonathan Scope, who has, I mean, what, two or three at-bats so far in this entire postseason? I don't know. I think we're going to see Travis Shaw back into the lineup. I wouldn't be completely surprised if we were actually seeing Jesus Aguilar with a day off tomorrow. Now, that doesn't mean he's not coming off the bench for a pinch hit or offering something else, but I I think Jesus Aguilar might have a day off tomorrow. And I don't mean a day off to get him rest. I think it's a day off because you have better options, and Jesus Aguilar is, is struggling in the middle of that lineup right now. Maybe bring him off the bench. Maybe it's a different view for him. He was such a great pinch hitter before he broke out as an everyday player this year. Maybe that's a weapon you can use going down the stretch tomorrow night. The Brewers do take on the Dodgers tomorrow night in Game 6. It is a uh, not a super late game, obviously. It's not a West Coast game. Let me get the time for you right here. I have it in front of me. Uh, 7.39 coming up for the Brewers tomorrow night. And to be honest, if they don't hit the ball better, they don't start to hit the ball better. They're not going to win the series. They might get run out of Miller Park, and the Dodgers might be spraying champagne in the locker room tomorrow night. But the Brewers got to swing the bats. That's the number one That's message. That's all we got. One damn hit. Can't uh, can't wrap up the game tomorrow night with only one hit uh, in the voice of Harry Doyle. How does that sound? I think that wraps it up pretty well. <laughs> We're talking rosters up next. Or not rosters. I keep saying rosters. I mean lineups. 608 796 2558. That's what we're talking about. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. Would you make changes? Does Domingo Santana find himself in there? What do you do with Travis Shaw, Jonathan Scope, and that myriad of infielders you have available to you? We're talking about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in, making the program part of your Thursday evening. Hope you're doing well, regardless of uh, how your Brewers did last night. It's kind of nice to have a day off. I love baseball every day. I love playoff baseball. I think it's very exciting, but it's taken a toll, man. These games take years off my life, it feels like. Feels like it's taken years off my life, mostly because of the Brewers' inability to hit the ball. I I think their pitching and their starting pitching and bullpen have both combined for... A, a playoff performance, an elongated playoff performance here over a stretch of a, a handful of games now that I don't think Brewers fans could have imagined weeks ago. I mean, they've been brilliant. And the simple the simple fact that the Brewers just cannot hit the baseball, I can't wrap my mind around it, and I'm sure I'm not alone. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. Tom says, I would relegate Perez to the bench and put Shaw uh, at second base, regardless of right-handed or left-handed pitcher, relegate is my big word today. Hey, we're we're all about vocabulary. We're all about using big words here on the Wisco Sports Show. Subterfuge. Subterfuge. We're gonna we're gonna subterfuge Perez right to the bench. Look, and and thank you for the thank you for the comment, Tom. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. To, I I call him Tom uh, to avoid um, 
uh, to avoid embarrassment. Tom's my dad. So thanks. Thanks for the text, Tom. Uh, I should just say thank you, dad. And I, I completely agree with you. Thanks for, uh, for chiming in. Always good. And, and I completely agree. I don't know why. Craig Council loves Aaron Perez, and he really loves Aaron Perez. Like I, I think that Craig Council gets up every day before or, or after he knows what his lineup is possibly going to be for that game and says, okay, how do I get Aaron Perez into the game today? Oh, should I play him at catcher? I could play him at catcher. Oh, we, Travis Shaw is hitting the ball well, but it's been a while since I, we need to get Aaron Perez in the game. Look, I, it would be fine with me if Aaron Perez doesn't play another pitch in this NL, NLCS. I don't love Aaron Perez. I get the fact that he can do a lot of different things for you. I understand that. I really do. I get that he is a versatile player and he can do a lot of different things. But as my roommate likes to tell me all the time, a Swiss Army knife is just a bunch of crappy tools. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. He words it a little bit more strongly. You understand what I mean. <laughs> 608-796-2558. We're talking uh, lineups. Would you change it? Would you not? Uh, we go to the five-star telecom talk and text line. Caller, what do you think? I think you're right on with uh, per, uh, Perez, too, by the way. I agree 100%. I Thank love you. the Swiss Army comment. I think you got to yank Aguiar. I think he's tight. He's nervous. He's got rookie weeks-itis where he likes to swing at everything. And then when he doesn't swing, it's right across the plate. So I think you got to get him out and you got to get Shaw in, whether it's at second or first, either one. I think Scope's a lost cause. I don't think he can play him the rest of the series. And uh, that would be my comments. And, and just my last comment, I don't know if you've talked about this before or not, yeah. but is Manny Machado the dirtiest player in baseball right now or what? I don't mean to digress the call, but um, I used to be a Dodger fan for 30 years, and I can't imagine – Major League Baseball or the Los Angeles Dodgers putting up with somebody that's done multiple cheap shots in a division, three or four game division series. So I'll uh, I'll listen to your comments. Appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for, for contributing. I don't mind uh, moving the conversation towards Manny Machado at all. I uh, Look, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. This is a bad look for Major League Baseball because all these games, these are for people who aren't diehard baseball fans and don't watch baseball every day, this is what they watch. They say, okay, it's playoff time. Let's tune in. Let's watch. And this is some people's first experience. And I, and I say this with 100% uh, seriousness, sincerity. Baseball is a pretty hard sport to be dirty in. You know what I mean? Unless you're a pitcher, and being a dirty pitcher isn't going to get you very far because if you hit a certain number of batters, they're just going to throw you out of the game. And then you'll get suspended, and you'll get fined, and, and you're not going to be able to keep that up. Baseball is a hard game to be dirty in. And, and I was watching Cowherd yesterday just because he was talking baseball. He was talking Dodgers Brewers. I thought I'd try to hear a different perspective. And he said, look, I love what Machado's doing. He's an instigator. He's Bill Lame Beer. You know, he is, uh, I mean, who else is a dirty player right now? I guess you could maybe say Chris Paul, though I wouldn't call him dirty. A guy who likes to, to get in your face a little bit. That's basketball. That's different. That's a contact sport. You, you're rubbing elbows with guys. You're bumping butts in the paint. Baseball, it's, how can you even be a dirty player in baseball? And Manny Machado has found a way. And to be completely honest, before we get back to, to rosters, Manny Machado is is one of the worst. Uh, he, this is one of the worst performances he could have asked for. He's a guy who's who's searching for millions of dollars and a huge free agent deal at the end of this year. And he will get it, uh, but he has certainly not helped his cause. I think he will lose a little bit of money, especially because he actually said in an interview, we talked about this uh, on, on Tuesday, he actually said in an interview that he's not the type of guy to hustle down the line. He's not a Johnny Hustle personality. <laughs> what? You're going to say that? On the record, on video, and did people have audio of that? Man, oh man, Manny Machado doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, but then again, you know, things have gone over my head 
uh, in terms of this playoffs, and I've failed to understand a couple of things. Yeah. Subterfuge. Yeah, including subterfuge. Exactly. That's just another thing. I, I love what you had to say about Scope. I, I think he's done for this series just because I think you have better options. I think Jonathan Scope's a fine baseball player, but the way that he has been used, both in the NLDS and here to start the NLCS, Craig Council has made his MO very clear, and that's Craig Council thinks he has better options. He would rather go to Domingo Santana. He would rather go to Curtis Granderson. And he would much rather, like I said, go to Aaron Perez. He loves Aaron Perez. He wants to get him. So those are three guys right there. A righty, a lefty, and a righty. So you have options that he prefers to Jonathan Scope. Now, by not using him at all in the NLDS and then early on here in the NLCS, I think you have sent a message to him that you're not confident, at least not more confident in him than other players on that roster. And I think because of that, that probably damages him a little bit and it makes him less effective. I, I think Scope, like you said, is done. I, I, I truly think that even if they win uh, tomorrow, I, I don't see an instance of Jonathan Scope being used. You got a chance at one start. I think that's as much as you can ask if you're Jonathan Scope. You got an opportunity to start and string a couple of at-bats together and you failed to produce. And I think that's it. I think that's uh, that's a curtain on Jonathan Scope's season with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, like you said, Aaron Perez, I, I love that analogy too. I think a Swiss Army knife, yeah, it can do a lot of different things, but it, it's not as good as a stru- screwdriver. It's not as good as a, a big knife or, or a corkscrew or, or any tool that's included in a Swiss Army knife. And I think Aaron Perez is a, is a pretty good second baseman and shortstop, but unfortunately, they don't need a whole lot of depth there right now. I, at shortstop, Aaron, Orlando Arce can play every single game the rest of his career for the Milwaukee Brewers if he hits the ball like this and plays defense like that. So that position's shirt up. And second base, Travis Shaw's hitting the ball right now. And, and regardless of what Craig Council did in the last couple of games, I don't really understand why he felt the need to send Shaw to the uh, to the bench. I, I I don't understand that move. But I think it sounds like we're all in agreement. Uh, nobody brought up Domingo Santana and still a little bit of time. We're talking rosters here. Would you change things in game six and in game seven if necessary? 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Domingo Santana has been nothing short of spectacular as a pinch hitter. And he's done so in, in high-pressure situations. He's given you insurance runs. He's started rallies by getting on base. Domingo Santana has made every case here uh, with the opportunities that he has been given to be a part of this Brewers organization going forward, regardless of Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich and Ryan Braun in that outfield, which I think a couple of months ago, Brewers fans wouldn't have wouldn't have thought, right? I thought we we all said, well, Domingo Santana's probably the odd man out. You know, whether they, they request waivers on him or they try to trade him, which is going to be tough because he hasn't really had a lot of showing in the majors. Uh, but I think he's a part of this team going forward, and he has been a vital role off the bench. But because of that, and because they like Curtis Granderson's experience, and Craig Council just loves Aaron Perez, like we've said, I don't really have as strong a reasoning for that. It's tough. It's tough to get at bats for a guy like Jonathan Scope. It's a long bench. And, and can you imagine Keon Broxson and Eric Thames? Good Lord. So I, I, I think he'll continue to stick with the, the lineup. If I had to guess for tomorrow, I think it would go Kane Yelich Braun. And I think Shaw might get the start at first base. And because of that, I think Aaron Perez probably gets the start at second. Now, like I said, that doesn't mean that Jesus Aguilar isn't going to come in off the bench. I, I, he, you remember, he was a great pinch hitter last year. He was tremendous. And I think because of that background that he has in pinch hitting, he's going to say, look, Aggie, we're going to give you the day off tomorrow, at least in the starting lineup. All right. And we'll probably go to you later on in the game as a pinch hitter. We, we probably will. You will probably get an at-bat. And when we make game seven, which is the approach that I would take to Craig Council, we'll reevaluate. Okay. And, but this is just one game. I don't want you to read into it. That would be my message if I was Craig Council talking to Jesus Aguilar. He, he, I think he, he just needs a day, for lack of a better term. I think he needs a day tomorrow, and I think Travis Shaw gets inserted into that lineup. And I think because of that, Aaron Perez probably does as well. Uh, 
Tom, my dad, chimes in once again. Perez has looked weak, weak at the plate, looks completely fooled. Look, I agree. Aaron Perez has had some very poor at-bats in times where it has really hurt this team. Aaron Perez has been up there with runners in scoring position in times where it's been... He's had opportunities to hurt the Dodgers, and he has not done so, and included in those at-bats have been some pretty bad-looking at-bats. He's looked lost. He's been swinging in midair, uh, and he has looked bad. I definitely agree there. So, Aaron Perez, I think, despite that, though, is probably going to get a start tomorrow because I don't think Jesus Aguilar is going to start at first. Mustakis has not hit the ball well, but I think he continues to start at third base just because of his experience. So I guess it sounds like uh, myself and our, and our handful of listeners who've been chiming in on the five-star telecom talking text line, I think we were in agreement. We don't love Aaron Perez, uh, but we all understand that Craig Council just loves the guy. And I think that we all are also talking about how uh, how Jesus Aguilar probably needs a day tomorrow. In terms of Manny Machado, uh, next year, I hope the Brewers get a chance to play him. I hope he goes to an NLCS because I'm putting a 97-mile-an-hour fastball right on his... Uh, well, right on his backside. Let's just say it plainly, just like that. Right on his, uh, let's say, right on his subterfuge. We'll put a, a 90, 97 mile an hour fastball right there on his back. Subterfuge. Right on his subterfuge. Right on the back. Manny Machado is a head scratcher, and I'm glad that the national media has at least recognized that a little bit. Um, I look. He purposely he purposely went at Jesus Aguilar, and what, what was he trying to do there? I, I think you can say without much confusion that he was trying to hurt Jesus Aguilar, and in baseball. That's pretty hard to do. It's a pretty tough sport to be dirty in. Um, and look, I don't think Manny Machado is making a lot of friends in the state of Wisconsin. Let's just say that. 608-796-2558. We'll roll this conversation over into the final segment. I also want to give you the full rundown on what's going on this weekend and uh, the full this full schedule and order of events so we can be prepared, right? we got to plan ahead. I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who likes to procrastinate, trying to get better as I get older and i got more stuff on my plate. But, uh, but we'll lay everything out, including some local playoff action tomorrow as uh, high school football launches into the playoffs. So uh, a lot of, a lot on our plate right now here at WK2I and our sister stations as well. We'll talk about it all coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bill. Stick around here on WK2I. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WK2I. First of all, i got to say thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated to those chiming in on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line today. We got some good interactions, some good content, and I thank you guys for that. Uh, you help make this show, well, this show's, this show's catching catching rhythm, catching momentum right now, and I'm having a blast. And thank you uh, to all of you who have chimed in today um, about the Brewers lineup. It's a fun question. Uh, the question that we're, the topic that we're trying to dive into today. If you were Craig Council, it'd be, it'd be ballsy. It would show some stones. Are you Are you switching up that lineup tomorrow? Are you starting a different player? Are you moving a guy around? 608-796-2558, and we'll continue to talk about that as the show wraps up here today. A couple of numbers, by the way, before we say goodbye and before um, I head off for the weekend. The NLCS so far, a couple of statistics. This is from Brewers.com and MLB.com's Adam McAlvey. You're probably used to hearing him on the Bill Michaels show. Just a couple of statistics. Brewers pitchers, ERA versus Dodgers pitchers. The Brewers are sporting a 283 Dodgers 2.81. Doesn't get much closer than that. Hitters for the Brewers, 16 runs, a 219 average. Dodgers, 16 runs, 220 average. You actually cannot get any closer with those numbers before they actually become the same number. You understand? You understand? You you can't get closer. Uh the, uh, the Brewers actually lead in OPS uh by by a considerable amount. 653 to 599 and of course the Brewer, the Brewers currently trail in wins 2 to 3 
It doesn't get much closer than that. Hitting with runners in scoring position, they're pretty similar, but uh, Dodgers doing a little bit better. Brewers 5 for 35, which is miserable. And if you're Brewers fans, why are we not surprised that the Brewers can't hit with runners in scoring position? And the Dodgers 10 for 43. So a little bit better, uh, but uh, but still leaving some runners on base. The, the Brewers' ERA for starters, now they don't go as long, they don't pitch as many innings, that's by design, are sporting a 1.29 ERA right now. Dodgers uh, just over four. So those numbers are just about identical. And that's, I think, why the series has been so close. A lot of people, and some people have said, the Brewers should have swept the Dodgers. And I'm not uh, I'm not that steadfast. I'm not that strong on that take. But the Brewers definitely had opportunities to win both games that they lost, including uh, the game that the bus trip uh, here from WKTY took down there on Saturday, blowing a late lead. And then, uh, well, you had 13 innings to just score a second run. And you could have won on Tuesday night. You win those games. That's the series. Just like that. Uh, as we wrap up the week, remember that playoff football starts this week. And there's no better way to get connected than through WKTY. Now, number one, if you haven't downloaded our mobile app to listen to us on the go yet, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Get on your phone. It'll take just a couple of seconds. It's free both for Apple and for Android. You can download the WKTYsports.com. And that's going to make it easy for you to listen live on the go whether maybe you're out on a jog in the morning, you want to listen to Dave and Scrady, I've done that before. You're out on the go, you're not in your car, you're not next to a physical radio, you can tune in that way. You, it also gives you access to all of our podcasts, including this show. I post it in podcast form every day when you're done. So if you miss out on the show and you want to catch up with what you miss, now obviously you won't be able to interact, it won't be live, uh, but you'll be able to, to listen to it nonetheless. Uh, coming up here on WKTY this weekend, and you'll be able to hear this action on our mobile app, we have some playoff football. Tomorrow, Lacrosse Central at Oregon. Or Oregon? How is it said? I I think it's Oregon. I think it's like the state. There's no E at the end. Um, Pardon me for not knowing, but we're sending a full crew, uh, the A-team, tomorrow. WIZM's Drew Kelly and myself will be on the call for that game. And uh, Travis is coming along to run the camera as well. So full video stream, a full radio commentary team. It's going to be a blast as Central heads over to the Madison area of the state. Now that game gets kicked off at 7 tomorrow night, pregame at 6.50. um, And you can hear that. On, uh, on WIZM, and you can stream it live at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. So get connected in as many ways as you possibly can. Now, the Brewers and the Dodgers also take the field tomorrow night at 7.05. Uh, first pitch is just shortly after 7, like I said. Now, that is going to be over on WISM, WIZM, 92.3 FM, 1410 AM. So pardon me, the local action, Central Football is going to be right here on WKTY tomorrow night. Just how you're listening. The Brewers will be over on Wisdom. UWL football on Saturday. Mike Kearns will bring you that. UWL at UW Oshkosh. So if you're used to going to the games, you don't want to make the drive to Oshkosh. I don't blame you. It's kind of a hike. You can hear it right here on WKTY and on our mobile app. The Brewers uh, game will be a night game on Saturday. If they force a game seven, we'll go down at 7.35 p.m. So there you go. That'll that'll be our action here. Uh, I can't wait to watch Central tomorrow night. We've had the the, the pleasure and the the fun time of watching Lacrosse Central in a couple of games. Johnny Davis is, well, he's an athlete, and, and I've watched him for the last two years in, in basketball and been a part of some basketball broadcasts. This is the first full season of exposure I have to him under center, and he has been tremendous. He is an athlete and, and a talented player that most high schools don't have under center. Very, very exciting, high-flying offense, and when they take that to Oregon tomorrow, it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. And you really don't have an excuse uh, not to watch or listen. It'll be available so many different ways, not only here on the airwaves at WKTY, but on our mobile app and uh, and on uh, 
uh, at WK2iSports.com. Excuse me. So we'll be there. 6.50 pregame tomorrow night for the local action. 7 o'clock kickoff for round one of the playoffs. We'll see exactly how far Lacrosse Central uh, can go. And I'm excited to watch that. Johnny Davis is always so much fun to watch. A lot of fun things to see from that high school offense. So we'll follow that team as far as they go into the playoffs through all of the rounds, all the way through the state championship, if we can get there. Uh, as of right now, until that happens, I'm focused on the Brewers and how they can force, just focus on forcing a Game 7. They're going to have Wade Miley on the mound tomorrow night, who has been, well, he's been tremendous in this series so far, and you all have seen that. I don't need to tell that to you. Uh, he's hitting the ball as well, too, which is uh, which is really funny. I love it when pitchers hit well, because I think it's just a, a huge troll and a huge middle finger and a pain in the butt to the other team's pitching staff when they have to deal with that. So Wade Miley will take the mound, and then I would assume... Unless Craig Council wants to completely throw a wild card and go with a bullpen game on Saturday, which I wouldn't shock me. It, it wouldn't shock me, but I, I would imagine that Craig Council will go with Yoli Shasin on Saturday night. So the Brewers, I I would imagine their two strongest starting pitchers yet to go for game six and seven. Milwaukee, you gotta get loud. It was interesting to watch uh to watch those games out in Los Angeles, especially game game one, which the Brewers took. It, it's just dead. There were empty seats, and the most exciting thing I saw about that game was when they pan around to all the celebrities who were at the game, I think more or less just to be seen rather than actually cheer for the game. I, look, Milwaukee is, has been much more passionate, much louder, and I think is much more excited about the prospect of going to a World Series given the fact that they haven't been there since the 80s, since the early 80s. Meanwhile, Los Angeles Dodgers have been there a couple times in the last uh, handful of years. This is their fourth National League Championship Series in six years, um, and and. Look, I'm a Brewer fan, and I'm and I'm a local radio host who who talks about the Brewers and the Packers and all our other teams in the state. I I I think it would be much more appreciated and much more loved and exciting for Brewers fans to get a trip to the World Series than the Dodgers. I was a I, I got to class this morning. I have a professor who actually I'm not going to hate on him. He allowed me to watch the game in class a couple of weeks ago. Who actually used to be a professor at USC at Southern Cal. And uh, now is a professor at UWL. And he is a Dodgers fan. He's not a hardcore Dodgers fan. Uh, but he he calls himself a Dodgers fan. And I get to class this morning. And, you know, we haven't been really crap-talking each other. We haven't been, uh, you know, getting on each other's case. But we've been, you know, a little bit of small talk about the games and, and about what we think. And he gets to class tomorrow morning. He said, how did the game go last night? I didn't even see it. I'm like, what? How did you? What? I, this game five of the of the National League Championship Series, you don't even know? I get that you're busy. I get that you're a professor. We can't watch all the games. But come on. On, it's the World Series, and that's why it bothers me. That's why it's annoying to watch these privileged Dodgers fans who are only spending twenty-two dollars on a ticket, like it's a novelty that their team is in the playoffs, like it's just a a, a pastime until they get to the Rams football and Lakers basketball this weekend. And it's just it it, it hurts me to see that because I know how passionate Brewers fans are and how hungry they are for as much meaningful postseason baseball as they can get, and I don't see that. I do not see that coming from Dodgers fans, and that's why I think it's so important and would be so special to see the Brewers make the World Series, regardless of, of how it how it happens. I know, you got to get there, and then you'll worry about whatever American League team you're facing. Both teams are very, very good, and I understand that. But uh, just get there and see what happens. I, I think it would be an incredible waste uh, to this magical season to the Brewers uh, to see the Dodgers just make another World Series. I'm sorry. I, I just think Dodgers Dodgers fans are privileged enough. They've had this to where this isn't even special for them. And I mean that. And I'm sure there's some diehard Dodgers fans, uh, hopefully none who are listening to this program, uh, that don't feel that way, that are living and dying with every pitch. But gosh, that's not the impression I get when I watch the games.
And that's a little bit disappointing to me because I want I want fans to enjoy it. I want them to 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 have issues falling asleep after the games because they're so excited, like I am. I want them to, to not be able to sleep at midnight and say, all right, I want to watch the highlights just one more time. Got to pull those up. I want to watch it one more time before I go to sleep. That's that's the excitement the Brewers fans bring, as opposed to Dodgers fans who are spending $22 on tickets. Maybe they'll stand up and wave their towel. And you know what? Maybe they'll go home after work to throw a Dodgers jersey on instead of just wearing their stupid-looking button-up shirt and their vest and their Ray-Ban sunglasses like the privileged California goons that they are. Dave Carney, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I know you're a West Coast guy. Hopefully don't take that personally. Sorry. Uh, no Wisco Sports Show tomorrow. We'll bring you the Badgers Roundtable Show. Get you ready for their action coming up this weekend. Hopefully they can bounce back. Otherwise, I will be back next Monday uh, because the Brewers will wrap up the series one way or another, either tomorrow or on Saturday. So good luck and go Brewers. Enjoy these games. Enjoy it. Be excited. Hang on every pitch. That's what we're supposed to do. I'll talk to you Monday. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.